You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, good morning, church, and uh, it's great to be with you today. Real privilege to be able to share with you. I haven't got much time, so I really need to go for it. So I hope you've got your pajamas set and your coffee, and away we go. I was once told there are four stages of life. One is you believe in Santa Claus. Stage two, you don't believe in Santa Claus. Stage three, you are Santa Claus. Four, you look like Santa Claus. So guys, folks, today I've come to accept that I'm a stage four guy. Just thought I'd let you know that. I've entitled my talk today, Let Redemption Win. Let Redemption Win, The Silence of Saturday. So evil flourishes when good men do nothing. He's the fisher of men, the last hope of those left behind. They call him the guardian. This I promise you, and I will be the first to set foot on the battlefield and the last to step off it. I will leave no one behind, dead or alive. We will all come home together. What am I referring to? What is this all about? Well, today through a few stories, a couple of scriptures, a personal note, and a personal viewpoint that you might find slightly controversial, and a thought to mull over, and then I'll leave you with a challenge. How about that? You can Google everything I say, and it'll all be there. I take no credit. I just am a gleaner of ideas and thoughts and scriptures, and here we go today. Our librarian at school, Claire Galbraith, this is for you, a number of years ago sent me an email. It said this, cute little thing happened in the library today. It was lunchtime and the children were unusually noisy. I had shushed them numerous times and finally I asked a little boy why he thought the children were so loud today. He answered, it's because of sin, Mrs. Galbraith. It's because of sin. Claire concluded the email with, only in a Christian school, have a good day. Well, only in a Christian church, hopefully we can challenge some things today about life, and about how we do life, and particularly it's Father's Day, so I'm going to address you men today. The lyrics of 10th Avenue North, a pretty popular Christian American band, say this, I'm tired, I'm worn, my heart is heavy from the work it takes to keep on breathing. I've made mistakes, I've let my hope fail. My soul feels crushed by the weight of the world. And I know that you can give me rest. So I cry out with all that I have left. Let me see redemption win. Let me know the struggle ends. That you can mend a heart that's frail and torn. I want to know a song can rise from the ashes of a broken life. And all that's dead inside can be reborn. Because I'm worn. Are you worn? Is life one heck of a long struggle and journey? Can I suggest to you today, men in particular, that life isn't at all easy. Whatever you think life is, you will have to tough it out. And being a half-decent father takes work, relentless day after day, year after year, along with all those nagging doubts, those self-doubts. And I hope today I can inspire you to try again. I hope I can draw you to the real anchor of your soul, the Word of God. I hope I can appeal to your sense of being a hunter, a gatherer, and a winner who never, ever, ever, ever 
gives up. And in doing this, let redemption win. Fight the fight with a biblical lens, with a grace lens. Fight against the message that you are hopeless, that men are hopeless, that they're unreliable, they're insensitive. Yes, we are a rare breed, my goodness. But in an increasingly feministic world with a, with a crazed gender bias, men, you are the image bearers of the Most High. Men, you are the image bearers of the Most High. You have what it takes, but the way that we are wired means you can never take your eyes off God. The way that you're wired means you can never, ever take your eyes off him. He's the architect of the universe, our unaging captain, and if we do that, we are lost. You see, reputation is a shadow. Character is substance. Reputation is what you're supposed to be. Character is what you are. One is the work of a moment, the other the work of a lifetime. And I'm going to put before you today a really interesting concept of fermentation versus carbonation. But anyway, let's start off with the scripture. I love the scripture. It's interesting that John Kennedy said, uh, you can't have effort and courage unless you have vision and direction. Wow, that's interesting from a highly secular guy. So that's why I wanna anchor what we're doing today to the scripture. Because I'm, I'm talking about effort today. I'm talking about courage today. I'm talking about putting your hand to the plow, stepping up to the plate. But you need to get your direction from the scriptures. And I want to read to you from Proverbs 3. Now, it is from the Passion, the Passion Translation, so forgive me. Read into it what you like. But here it is. Listen to it now. My child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you then you will have a full rewarding life. Hold on to that loyal love and don't let go. Be faithful in all that you've been taught. Note that word faithful. Let your life be shaped by integrity, it says. Note the word shaped. With truth written upon your heart. That's how you will find favour and understanding with both God and men. You will get, gain the reputation of living life well. Isn't that amazing? God wants us to live life well. Trust in the Lord completely, it goes on to say, and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you. Powerful words, aren't they? Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. And I wanna come back to some of these points this morning. Further on it says, glorifying God with all your wealth, honouring him with all your very best. And it talks about, it produces an uncontainable source of inner joy. Wow. I'll jump off to the last part, which I probably haven't given you in the notes, but it says this. My child Never drift off course from these two goals for your life, to walk in wisdom and to discover discernment. See, I've picked up on those words, never drift off course. Many of us struggle to stay on course. 
And it says at the very end of the passage, but God's grace and favor flow to the meek. Do you know what meek is? Meek is strength under control. Guys, you are immensely powerful, but you've got to get it under control. And that's what we're talking about today. First story this morning. First story comes from the Washington Post. It comes from an amazing book that I've read many times. And forgive me if you've heard this story, uh, you can go back and make another coffee while I tell it. It took the story of a guy called Esposito who for in a huge amount of time cared for his ailing daughter. She went into hospital to have a simple appendectomy and she went into a coma. And she stayed in that coma for tens and tens of years. During that time, he had multiple heart attacks and cancer and he passed away. But the story records the fact that he went everywhere to find a solution for his girl. They went to, 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 uh, to Lourdes in um, France, to the healing waters. And after he passed away, his wife turned her every day multiple times to avoid getting bed sores. And the story is recorded in the Washington Post. And Charles Colson, Chuck Colson says this, as I read this, the answer was so obvious to me. This is the life we are called to. What is it? Well, he goes on to say, it is a life of service, of sacrifice, of obedience, and of faithfulness. And this is the Christian life. Wow, those are statements that really don't get people excited. Service, sacrifice, obedience, and faithfulness. If you are to do that, you must be present to win. You must be present to win. My, one of my personal stories this morning is that I carry with me a piece of paper written and typed out by my wife, Michelle, which is really damning of me. It is the worst thing that a husband could ever receive. Why don't I just rip it up and burn it up? It points out to me, and I'm not gonna show you on the slide because it's mine and it's embarrassing. It points out to me the stuff that I put down and didn't do in my journey of being a husband. And I'm quite open that it's a real journey that you have to fight for and fight with. If you're not present, you don't win. I may have made some progress on those things, but it is part of what I say to you today. You feel worn, you feel tired, you feel you can't do it, but you can. Remember, meekness is strength under control. My slightly personal journey uh, story today is the fact of, I wanna put out a contention today that men, men need to work. The problem we have in a country like ours as we go through a post-COVID era or during COVID is that people are losing their jobs. And when a man does not have a job to get up to in the morning and to absorb him and to create perspiration in him and to feel spent at the end of a day, he will be lost. I put it to you today that men need work. Yes, I believe in the, the journey of having women recognized for pay and so on. I mean, I work in an industry in which 75% of the workers are women. But I believe men in God's economy, as image bearers of him, particularly need work. Bob Goff tells the story. He goes into a prison 
and he lectures in a prison and he said he got a phone call one day from a prisoner coming out of prison for the first time in his adult life, been in there for many, many years. And in prison, your trousers don't have pockets so that you can't seclude or include or seclude or hide anything. And he got on the phone to Bob and he says, I've got pockets. And Bob replied, just be careful what you put in those pockets. So guys, today, what is it? What is it that those are just distraction factors for us? What is it that causes us not to be present? What is that that causes our story to not have success written all over it? It's about good habits and it's about toughness. Time is racing. A story I love to tell is lined up hopefully with the slides you will see. The slide you will see is, shows you in an Olympic race that after years and years of practice, winning is a slimmest of margins. The two boats, one a New Zealander and one from another country, both have the same time, but one boat is fractionally ahead of the other. And I'm just so reminded that in my life and in your life, Habit-forming stuff needs to go on and you need to work at it because we will win by the slimmest of margins. We will fill our pockets with distractions and they will pull us down. Blades square, yelled the coach from the Boston Whaler as he increased the speed on his outboard motor, pursuing the eight-man boat as we gained speed. I sat in the fore seat right in the middle of the engine room, the place for the taller, heavier rowers. The eight men team reluctantly complied with the coach's order and rowed across the Long Island Sound. NYAC jerseys on our backs and the muggy, humid early morning sun reflecting on the water, practicing for the national championships. And it goes on to say this, and this is a rowing eight, and in New Zealand we're pretty good at rowing. But he said over the summer, they went from being absolutely hopeless. And he records here that they had to try and get blades square. Let me read it to you. Most of the time, oarsmen feather their oars, rotating the blades to be parallel to the water as they move through the air, helping the boat run on an even keel. Holding the blade square decreases the margin for error from a few inches to a few quarters of an inch. If anyone in the boat splashes their oar in the water, the delicate balance of the boat is upset. Teammates grumble and the boat slows dramatically. And he tells the story that at the beginning of the summer, they had bloodied knuckles from banging in the wrong places and upset boats and they couldn't get anywhere. But he said by the end of the summer, Blades Square was the norm. Blaze Square was the norm because the coach demanded it and we, and, and demanded, and we demanded it of ourselves and it became a matter of pride. What is it that we demand of ourselves? Is it in line with what our commander demands of us? In, second, in Isaiah, our second scripture for today, it says, he never gets weary or worn out. His intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what to do. He empowers the feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. Those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. 
They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, running their race without growing weary and walking without giving up. You can do this, guys. You can do this today. Blade square is our goal. It might take the worn knuckles. It might take some real serious heartache times, but we need to step up because our commander is calling us. Proverbs 3 is calling us to wisdom, calling us to bow our knee. I want you to mull over two things for me as we, as we round out what today is all about. Andy Crouch, one of the guys I follow on social media, uh, a social entrepreneur, a theologian, he talks about fermentation and carbonation. And guys, I want you to go away today with a couple of things. They tell the story of the early church. One of the features of the evangelization of the Roman world was not big speaking and gatherings and altar calls, but it was patience. And decades after decades, it is recorded amount of people who come to know, came to know the Lord. And they likened this to a process of fermentation. What is fermentation all about? Well, fermentation is that slow, invisible, organic, relentless growth. It happens over time. I'm not much good on good wine or whatever, but we know how that process goes. And it takes time. And it's gentle and it's and behind the scenes, but it's working. And they even say that that's how, the illustration was how the abolition of the slave trade came. It took tens and tens of years after it was passed in Parliament before they even saw any dramatic difference. And even 300 years later, we are still dealing with slavery. The process, guys and ladies, of our journey as Christians is fermentation. That is um, the slow, organic dwelling on the Spirit of God, dwelling on the Word of God, getting shaped and moulded, as Proverbs 3 says. The opposite of fermentation would be carbonation, and we're pretty good at that. We can inject a bit of gas into a drink, into a situation. We can, um, have, we can infuse it with colour and music and vibe, but it's short-lasting. Fermentation, of course, is really how culture changes. Do we want to see cultural change? Yes, we do. We need to step up into the ring. We need to be bloodied. We need to be worn. We need to have perspiration coming off us as we stand up for our king. Carbonation, the injection of fun, the injection of fizz, Fermentation, the slow, organic, often mysterious fermentation of our lives. I hope it's fermentation that characterizes yours. We are in danger if it doesn't. Fermentation is the way of the gospel, the shaping of lives, the molding of wills, the patterning and the modeling of authentic discipleship. And guess what? I may not know a good fine wine, but I reckon I can tell a good old soldier from a mile away, a crusty, well-weathered spiritual warrior who has willing, willingly subjected himself to the process of fermentation. And as a result, they have been part of the fermentation of not themselves, but the church and its presence in a highly secular world. I'm calling you to the fermentation. 
to the shaping and the molding. And finally today, I think I've said that twice, I'm not sure. A challenge for you. There is a difference of 20 inches for most people between their knee and the ground. Louis Giglio tells an amazing story of the fact that our lives really are based on our disposition, our position. And guys, I'm calling you today to quit standing and to start kneeling. Only in the Christian world and the Christian gospel do we enter a battle showing the white flag on our knees in order to win. And if you want what all that you need and you want to be the father, the husband that you want, and you should be, the challenge is to kneel. The challenge is to get back to Proverbs 3, to be shaped and molded by him. Back in 2008, and I've shared this a number of times and I make no apologies for it, in the aftermath of the school tragedy, a letter was written to Andy and Nikki Bray from a complete stranger. Her name was Carolyn Gregan. She at that time was the Youth Justice Coordinator for Child, Youth and Family in Dunedin. And she just took it upon herself to write to the Bray family. And I want to finish with this today. This is what she said. Your story has inspired me to keep working with parents and their kids when the odds are stacked against them. That solid foundations, family traditions and a shared sense of care can make a world of difference to young people, especially in times of despair and distress. If all our parents, she says, put in the time, dedication and unceasing efforts that you have as parents, I would be happily put out of business. Thank you for reminding me, she said, that New Zealand is still a great place for kids and teenagers when the right ingredients are present. Highlight that, when the right ingredients are present. Natasha and your family warm my heart and inspire me. If Tash had lived, she would have been 29 last week. I'm going to finish off by asking you some questions. What are the right ingredients? And I'm going to suggest it's you and it's me. And I'm also going to suggest that it's service, sacrifice, obedience, and faithfulness. There's a sermon series in there. It's also blades square, and it might take bloodied knuckles. And what will it take to put Carolyn Gregan out of business? Well, I'm, I'm going to suggest to you, again, it will take you, and it will take me, and it will take Proverbs 3. And it will also take fermentation, the work of a lifetime. And it will take the 20 inches to a bended knee. You see, if redemption is to win, you need to deal with what I call the three days. The three days is simply Friday to Sunday of the Easter story. Friday, Jesus died. What happened on Saturday? Well, one writer has said this, the silence of Saturday is deafening. It screams dead. What were people to do? Jesus was gone. Hopeless, despair, disappointment, disillusionment, discouragement, defeat, doubt, 
fear, loss, sorrow, grief, regret. Some of us are in Saturday. Some of us are stuck in Saturday. It started out well, but we've lost the plot. And then the writer says, don't give up hope in the silent, agonizing middle because tomorrow's coming, always. Guys, tomorrow is coming, always. You see, the essence of patience and the spiritual cultivation is that good things takes time, but it's always worth it. Your purpose, your direction comes from him, but it requires you to step up to the plate and to make it happen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.